Hey, welcome to Tommy G Talks. It's Tommy Gentleman here, and this is episode 116. Now, my special guest for this episode was Mr. Glenn Marsden, and Glenn is the man behind the Imperfectly Perfect campaign that has been doing wonders for inspiring people to live with positive mental health practices. And it's all about embracing imperfection and really understanding that that imperfection is what makes each of us so special and that we shouldn't hide that, we should instead embrace it and that we should be okay with showing and sharing who we really are. So this podcast is two guys from England thrashing out the topic of positive mental health and what imperfectly perfect means, what it represents. We managed to catch Glenn. Glenn actually lives in Australia and we managed to synchronise our diaries. I believe it was quite early in the morning. He just got back from the gym and so it was really great to have him on the podcast. Let me know what you think of this episode, either as you're listening or after. Just send me a message on Instagram at Tommy Gentleman and get involved in the conversation. All right, without further ado, let's get stuck in to episode 116, Imperfectly Perfect, featuring Glenn Marsden. Welcome to Tommy G Talks. All right, how are you, mate? I'm very good. Bit of a bit of a rush there, bit of a sweat on after the gym, but uh, <laughs> yeah, good to uh, good to be on and invited on, mate. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, it's good to be talking to you finally. I mean, you and I have we've done a couple of jams before, and I've been involved in a couple of your sort of group conversations with people that you've put out on YouTube and podcasts. But it's nice to actually be connecting with you, and, and actually, it's really cool that because we've had a lot of conversation on Instagram, it's really cool that I've invited you onto my podcast because you're so active and so super forward and positive with the content that you create and you're always speaking to people and, you know, you've thrown invites my way many times, but like for it to actually happen, it's just a really cool thing that it's now and that it's on my podcast because I've really sort of upped my game by having some more guests involved and you're kind of the first of a handful that I've got lined up. And really, I took a leaf out of your book in many ways. So I thought I was getting maybe a little bit complacent with not bringing enough top, like different topics, different people into the conversation. So I think it's a really cool thing that we're having this chat and it's great to be here with you, mate. Yeah, and I'm very honoured that I'm, I'm one of the first to come on. So like you say, we've, we've spoken often and you've come on to several things that I've asked you to be a part of and we've had some great chats. So to reverse the role and kind of come on and chat more, it's, uh, it's really good and Chatting to the UK, where I'm originally from, as you can hear the accent, but being living yeah. in Australia for 15 years, it's it's amazing, even though the time difference, obviously, but yeah. It is. The technology has been a blessing, especially through lockdown, I think, for people. Um, you know, we talked, uh, I think, and I'll just set the scene for people, that four months ago, we were involved in a, in a conversation together through your platform, and I was in this room. It was the first time that I'd done any kind of content or contributed to anything since the lockdown started since the COVID-19 you know lockdown began the pandemic um and I think back to that I was like geez like that feels like a 
that feels like a year ago. Like our lives have just changed so much. What's been the biggest change for you? Like with, with you over there in Australia, what's been the biggest change for you in this time? Yeah. I mean, for me, I decided to break away from the norm. And obviously a lot of people know me through my fitness background. And then I transitioned into the campaign, which you came on the platform and we spoke about. And then I basically qualified and became a certified coach in modalities of mindset and business. So for me, I suppose with this COVID time, it's essentially pushed me to even step up my game and connect with more people. And I always say, like, I wish, I really bloody wish that I'd put shares into Zoom because <laughs> this time <laughs> <I'd be laughs> <up the go. laughs> nobody knew about it. But now... Um, and just in general day life, I mean, obviously lockdown came into play in Sydney a couple of months ago. We're just out of yep. it, but Victoria has kind of got some new cases and they're back in lockdown. So, really? yeah, I mean, for me personally, it's, it's been a time of growth and resourcefulness and, and finding out more about myself through personal development and then being able to equip other people the same way on how to be proactive and, and, and kind of come out of the self. Because when it comes to success or what you want to be, it's all an internal dialogue with yourself. I mean, success can come in all forms, but it all means something different to each and every one of us. But it all starts within there. And I suppose that's why I'm so passionate about bringing to light mental health and, and what it can be the attributor. And yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, um, the mental health connection between uh, the, the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. And really, that's how I first come to hear, hear of you because a, a good friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, Mr. Matt Thraxton, shout out to Matt. Uh, Matt's been yeah. on this, this podcast a couple of times. And you know, those, those of you that are watching will know if you've been following closely in the last sort of few months, he's uh, someone I, I feel uh, very, um, I think very highly of. He came to the UK and we always catch up when he does. And, and he was like, dude, you've got to check out this guy, Glenn. He's doing very similar things. And he's like created this amazing movement. And I sent you a voice note. I remember like sending you a voice note and you were like, what are you doing? Hang around with him. And uh, then we sort of <laughs> chatted about like what you were up to and stuff. So like, why don't you go ahead now and just explain to everyone that's watching now and also for the listeners of the podcast, what is the Imperfectly Perfect campaign? Yes, yeah, so the Imperfectly Perfect campaign is just basically bringing to light the flaws of everybody. That it basically mental health does not discriminate, whether it's colour, whether it's religion, social status, anything. And I suppose where it originated from was, if you've got a lot of people in the fitness industry who predominantly listen to the podcast and who you know, I suppose with people who don't know me listening to this, I've got 25 years of experience within the fitness industry. Now, I was fine until I turned around 30 years old and I was the first person on the beach. Like I had the abs, I had all this kind of stuff, but living in Bondi beach, when I turned 30, when you're supposed to, I suppose, have the career, the kids and stuff like that. I started comparing myself to a lot of people and Instagram and, and, and to say that I had a, a degree, a, a background in sports science and knew the makeup of, of the body and how everything moved the disparity between what you put in your head in the mirror to what you know, theoretically, can be a massive disconnection. And I went down the route of a, a really downward hill with body dysmorphia and just comparing myself. And I got through that stage and I'm very determined, as you've known by the campaign, 
And basically it enabled me to start helping other people and qualifying in modalities of mental health management. And then two years ago, because my attributor was social media, I turned social media off for some time, turned it back on because I do photography and my kids were all over there and my wife wanted pictures for the family. And I saw a friend back in the UK who had not, wasn't close friends, but I'd not seen for 17 years and he came to the gym and he'd passed away. So I looked into it and I was like, what happened? Because social media, there was the cars, the career, the like everything looked good and he'd taken his life. So to me, to say he wasn't like a best friend or anything, but I knew him from the gym, it just suddenly that day just kicked me in the stomach and I was like, my God, social media can be such a disruptive thing. We're, we're so connected, but yet we're so isolated. And it started this whole notion of me reaching out to organizations because I was so affected by it because he'd got a son and I thought, how can you get to a place in your head that you might think that your son would be better off without you? So it sent me on this journey. And I suppose through it all, it's coming 16 months now when I reached out to organizations wanting to help. And then I got a no, but thank you. And I realized that they obviously get a lot of people wanting to help them. So like, you know me, how determined I am now. I'll, I'll, I'll get on a plane and I'll go somewhere. Like I followed Les Mills when I first started my career, just was like one way ticket. And I just... I picked up my camera and I, I started reaching out to these celebrities and then people in infrastructure, corporations that were like of high influence that we often think have the ultimate life. And I wanted to show the imperfections that take away the filters, take away the highlight reels. Like you have a story. Let me share that story if you're willing to. And like you did when you reached out to me with voice notes, I'm pretty known in my circles as the guy who sends voice notes because I think it's a sincere way that you get to know the person, the passion, and hear what they're about. And yeah, it just blew up from there. It resonated with people. And if people can see the images behind, like you've got Home and Away stars, you've got um, Willie Mason, who's a big NRL player, you've got now in America the ex-Baywatch cast, and it just keeps on growing. And I think it's at a time, especially during COVID, when people are struggling and they see these highlight reels of the glamour and the lights and think they, why aren't I living a life like that? But behind all the, I won't say charade, but behind all that, there's a story. Yeah. Well, it's mm. my, I mean, it's, you say charade. I mean, it's it, the word for me is insecurity mm. you know, behind the, behind the insecurity of what you're willing to share. There is a story and that story is most always going to involve pain. Um, which is why it's not your narrative, your, the narrative that you're happy to just sort of project out, project out there every day. And you know, that, that's understandable because the social media as a tool is just a, an extension of us. You know, we wouldn't necessarily go down, you know, 15 years ago, walk out into town and be like, hey, you know, I'm a bit messed up. Who wants to chat? You know, it, it just it just wouldn't yeah. be the way. But because now it's you know you'd still you'd still wear probably nice clothes and you'd still smile and you'd still you know because that would be what you were willing to trade on in terms of how you want to show up. And now, of course, social media amplifies it. And in those dark moments, you can really amplify the meaning of, well, I must show up looking like I've got my shit together. And therefore, post the picture where you look really happy and post the picture where everything's all good and look how successful I am, when actually inside, that's not the case, you know. And it's sad and it's it's really terrifying how how that can happen isn't it but you know what i love so much about what you're doing it's um you're you're quite literally because it's very important that everyone listening and i know you understand and you agree on this 
social media is an extension of our consciousness. It's a tool that we use and we either use it for like bad, like not constructive, negative stuff, or this is what you've done. Use it for positive, inspiring influence. And like you're using it, but you're culturally relevant because you're, you're sharing stunning images right? You've only got to go on and we'll obviously tag your pages in, but your, your images, your photography is always stunning. Yet the story and the text behind it and the reason for it is the dark side of what we're willing to show and share, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And, and I thank you for that with the imagery, because there was, there was a time when I actually got through the, the House of Parliament here in Sydney and got to speak to the Commission's Chamber of wow. Mental Health. And, and the funny thing was, a lot of people, when they get through the doors, like, I got help to get in there, but initially they obviously think that you're going in for a grant, like, towards yep. a non-for-profit. When they meet English people, like, they've got a different kettle of fish. So I went in there and was speaking to them, and it was kind of like, oh, what you got? I was like, no, I've not come from a grant perspective mm. because... That means I'll have to adhere to your policies and legislations of what I can do and what I can't. I was like, I've come to tell you my thoughts. I've got one opportunity to tell you what I think, whether you take it respectful or not. And um, here in Australia, they did this nationwide campaign, and it was pretty much a little old lady with a bunch of flowers talking about losing a husband to depression. But it was a picture of a little old lady with a bunch of flowers. I'm like... First of all, you've cut off a whole generation of people, which we should be targeting, which is our younger generation. Secondly, we're time poor. We're going to be walking down the road. We're going to see a lady with a bunch of flowers. We're not going to connect to what is that? Now, if you walk down the road and say you see like Paddy O'Connor, who's on Home and Away, one of the biggest names in Australia, all English people know Home and Away, and is 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 looking like that, you're going to be like, is that a new movie or is that mm. I want to know a little bit more? So it's striking. And the thing with my campaign is it's all visual imagery through emotive language. So you've got images. We connect with images, films. There's a reason that we connect with a comedy or a sad movie. It takes us to a place. And then I brought music in and it can take you to a place. So when people see the images and they're like, how did you get them into that kind of space? And I'm like, it's all them. I'll sit and I'll listen to their story and then I'll leave them and put them in a like kind of a safe zone and say, put a piece of music on or take you back to a place where you was going through something. We'll shoot for like literally two or three minutes so your headspace is not there for the rest of the day and just capture it. And the little intricate moments, like you can see a single tear dropping or in those eyes is like, they've got a story rather than a little old lady with a bunch of flowers that are smiling and you can't see behind that. It's there's such a disconnection and I'm like, Unfortunately, the stigma is is pretty much there with our generation. We can create more awareness, but towards our younger generation, we know that it never comes into play, but clinical depression, anxiety is becoming more apparent in the younger generation. So why not really start and ingrain through schools and programs how you talk about your feelings? Because I remember back at school, you don't pretty much talk about these things. And yeah. So that's where it went. And yeah, it's incredible, mate. And we'll talk about some of the numbers in a minute. But like, you're uh, you're doing so so much good because the people that you're photog- that you're photographing on, like for example, the imagery behind you, like they're, they're actors, they're professionals, right? 
their asset is their face. It's their, it's their mm. animation. That's their asset. That's what they get paid for. Yeah. You've, a lot of people could use that for a twisted agenda, right? Mm. But what you're doing is you're going, well, look, let's capture the emotion. Let's tell the story. But the upside is that when a person or passerby sees it or scrolls it and they go, oh, that is that person from home and away, then that person from home and away has just done a hell of a lot of good because they've used their asset. They've used what they have, which is that they are a recognizable face and they've drawn that person in. Oh, we've lost you, bud. We've lost him. I'll carry on. Um, it draws people in to be curious as to what it is, which then allows the story to take place. Um, guys, while we're waiting for Glenn, let me know what your thoughts are so far in terms of like, you know, what do you think about what Glenn's up to? And maybe if you've had some experience yourself with maybe like not feeling so good in your mental health but then what was it that you saw that helped you um because that would be really interesting to discuss that was it a piece of content that you saw that then changed the way that you felt uh which led you on a different path was it a book that you read was it a movie you know what was it that maybe intercepted your thoughts in that dark moment to perhaps come into a better more positive space I'd be really interested to know what that is for you. Um, so do share. Glenn's back in the house. Um, I'll bring you straight in, bud. We're just saying there, um, I'll just wait for you to load back in. We're just saying how, how you know, you're, you're essentially taking somebody's asset, biggest asset in terms of their career, and then allowing the door to open by association when somebody goes, oh, that's X, Y, Z there they are. And then boom, the doors open to some content and a, a whole journey of thoughts that would never have happened if it was something else, someone else, anything else. Yeah. And it, it, it really goes to show you, we have had messages from people all around the world now that resonate like people in England, obviously I grew up watching home and away neighbors. So yeah. straight away <laughs> you see them and someone opening up like that, they're like, my God, that's my story. They've just told my story. Yeah. And there's not such a, a disparity between someone who we think is famous to to not. And then on the other spectrum, it's kind of you will have someone like Paddy or you'll have someone else and go, my God, I never realized that my platform, I have had people who I went to school with and and as we would say in England, nipper school, like junior and infant <laughs> school, um, reach out to me and go, wow, like I've been going through that. And yeah. Just the power of influence and the power, the ripple effect where people are now having conversations. And we had this lady called Elena McIntyre. She's a big radio presenter here in Australia. And she said when she went into her office and people had seen her image and was like, oh, wow, what's that about? Mm. She told them and then they invited me onto the station. And then it just opened this huge conversation within the workplace and people shared things they never had because it broke down barriers. And I suppose even now, where minds come from is I've never looked at a profession. And I suppose you can attest to this. When it comes to group fitness, our background is people walk in there. There's no kind of judgment. There's no suits. Everyone's there for a commonality. So a role has never played anything with me. I can talk to a high profile celebrity, as you say, or someone in corporate. And I'll know straight away there's a story behind them. Yes, I take my hat off to where they are, but we need to level things out they're just a human like us and they go through the same emotions 
and you will get the people on the total end of the spectrum where they'll go, oh, it's a celebrity. What do they know? Like they've got everything. But you've got to realize, and I love talking to people about this because I'm like, okay, so what I've learned in that industry now is it can be a dark place. So you can be something one minute, you can have everything thrown at you. Then if that job ends, you're not actually working, so you're not actually earning. If you can't earn enough to pay a publicist who gets you into events, who gets you gigs, gets you articles, and then you can't pay an agent, the work dries up. You're like, so that messes with their mental state. Mm. So it's this whole notion of what we think or what we perceive of somebody else when we just need to bring it back. And I'll thank you for saying how you're using social media because the intended purpose when it first originated was to bring people together to connect. And like I say, the world is more connected than ever through social media platforms, yet we're so isolated. People would rather look at the amount of followers and the amount of numbers than think about, oh, I've got five followers, but I know each and every single person and I know everything about them. So I'm trying to I'm trying to break the mold and, and bring humanity in a sense back and go get to know. So if there's a lot of fitness people on here, think about the reason you do group fitness. You love people. You love to get to know about them. You don't even care what they do as a profession. So bring it outside the classroom and just talk to everybody that when I meet some of these high profile people, I'll talk to them like I'm talking to you, like a mate. And some people will be like, oh, was your starstruck? I'm like, to be honest with you, because I've got kids, the only thing I watch on TV is the Wiggles and Peppa Pig. So sometimes I don't. <laughs> so it's just, yeah. yeah. It'd be different if you were interviewing George, wouldn't it, from Peppa Pig? Then you might, you might stutter a bit and uh, you, know, you wouldn't know well, what to do. Well, we actually got one of the Wiggles on. One of the Wiggles. Oh, came on the oh don't. We oh, love them in our house. Yeah, Simon Wiggle came on the campaign, oh, so that's amazing. quite well. My my kids absolutely love him, so it was like whoa. But then they that's saw cool. another side of him on on my campaign. Yeah. He came, he lost a friend, but he, as you know, was the Wiggles. They're always smiling, they're always like joyful, and he was like, "No, we go through it as well." Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's really interesting because it's kind of it's all relative, isn't it? It's all. I think it comes down to the simple form that we've all got a spectrum of emotions. And those emotions of sadness or hurt or anger or fear or guilt, they show up equally to us. Like your version of that is arguably the same as mine, yet the context of it is doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happened. The, the things don't matter. The things that happen don't matter. The emotions are the same. Yeah. The emotions are the same. So if your role in life is your, you know, your career, as in your, your, your path, your career path, is to be somebody in the public eye that's irrelevant because it's very easy i think like the, the common bit of advice glenn which i'm sure you hear all the time is well just think how you would feel if, every, if all those people were watching you and tuning into you and listening to your art and criticizing you but but that person who's the artist doesn't know the other way that's just yeah. their life they're used to that yeah. so it's kind of point it's a pointless comparison i think because but it's very easy to just be like oh yeah and I, but the key thing is to spin it right around and go, hey, how would you feel? You know, you watch, you know, you watching this who works in town in, in in the bar or in the office or whatever, if your best friend died because they committed suicide. Because it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity or not, or if you work on TV or not, or whatever, how many followers you got. That feeling is so real and it's the same. Yeah, and, and that's what we need, isn't it? 
Yeah, and, and, and does it take somebody who we think is highly acclaimed, successful, to take their life to go, oh, wow, there must have been something. So as I say, I love this journey through myself and learning about myself and learning about the psychology of people. And with some kind of industries, you actually know that behind the scenes, it's all the same. The stuff that go on behind the scenes, but yet when it comes to the entertainment and people see celebrities and they think it's this ultimate life, I'm like, I couldn't think of anything further that I'd want to be a part of. I think it's amazing when you've got passion and you can do it. But like at the same time, it's, it's, I heard one of the celebrities on the campaign say, it, it's a funny notion that you think or you perceive of success when you become, as they would say, famous on TV yeah. and people are all coming at you, but you have to suddenly realize that they're going, they're not coming at you. They're coming at your character. Yeah. Like they don't know you're playing a character. So what you ultimately think when you're going into this role is like people like love me. People actually want to know but they don't know anything about me. They know everything about a character. So again, it's this, and some people then get attacked and it becomes this whole notion of cyberbullying on a character that's not even real, but it brings it over into real life to the person's character, their real character. So it's, I'm like, wow, you you really do have to have a strong network of friends within that kind of Mm. scope of career. And what we always, and like I always say, what we perceive as success is completely different to the next person. So some could see it as a monetary value. Some could see it as just happiness with your family. And uh, and for me, my success is just continue helping people and being of service to other people. And as long as I can pay the bills and I've got family, and I think, yeah, it's just this huge thing that we think other people have got a better life. And that's where the social media aspect comes in. And I always say it is, is an extension. So, we do fitness, you'll see a lot of group fitness stuff. Someone's on a red carpet, it's an extension of their job. They have to do it to get more of that work. Sure. But it's a perceived notion. That's with us. Yeah, we yeah, it's that projection again. It's that reason, like you said, why we find horror films scary is because we imagine it happening. You know, that that perception is projection. We we see what we want to see. We we find what we're looking for. And if we're not in a place where we feel confident we will find more reasons to not feel confident if we're asking ourselves why don't i feel confident you'll just find even more reasons why no it's amazing how that works glenn let me just check i'm just going to check on the um so my my comments on um loading for some reason um but i have them here on my phone let me see gary good to see you in the house What's going on? Uh, he's commented a few times. Dan's in the house. Mike's in the house. We've got a lot of uh, questions as well from, um, not questions, we've got some comments from Instagram. Let me just get them up. So I put out on Instagram, um, what does it mean? What does perfectly imperfect mean to you? What does imperfectly perfect mean to you? And this is what we had. I'll read them out. While I'm doing this, Glenn, when I said about numbers, I was thinking along the lines of how many people do you think you've taken photos of? We're up to for this campaign. Yeah, about 200 influential public figures now. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. So it's um, pretty cool. Yeah, 
it's um, that so many people are wanting to open about it. And the thing is, I wouldn't even say it's like 70, 30 more women doing it. I would say it's the other way around, which is so amazing that more guys are coming forward. Yeah. And big known masculine guys that essentially sometimes don't talk about it and they're seeing friends tear their life and they're seeing, and they're going, if I can just open my mouth and say what I've been through and it can stop somebody from thinking they're alone. So I'm just amazed. There's, I would say it's about 60, 40 and, and the 60% is the men that are coming on. Wow. Really? That's very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Oh, amazing. This is, uh, this is what some people said. What, what is, uh, imperfectly perfect mean to you um being human being you not trying to fake a perfect front that doesn't actually exist in anyone um different standards set by others um that i'm still learning um that it's the real you it means that the person said that uh, they're not they're not good enough um it's the things that make us unique and again, being human. So like, what's the kind of best interpretation that you can give, mate? So with mine, it's being imperfectly perfect is rather what we all actually are or what we consider ourselves to be. We've all got flaws. So it's just bringing all those flaws together with good intentions and that makes us imperfectly perfect. So people then obviously get inspired by how we deal with them and how we deal with our imperfections rather than just pretending to be perfect all the time. So like you say, the, the, one of the best ones there was at the beginning, like we're human, mm-hmm. like flaws and all, flaws and all. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we drop, we drop that pretense, like you step into your truth, own it. What do you think? Yeah, I agree, mate. What do you think? Um, what do you think insecurity stops us from experiencing? So much, so much. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, who are predominantly your audience? A lot of people within the fitness industry that we're in? Not, re- not, not really, no, sort of a mix. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there will, or, there will be. Because like, either or, with the insecurity, the more that you're going to be, you're judging yourself or you're worried about judgment from others, you are going to stop doing things in your life and again, I always say it's an attributing factor to what's in the mindset. So it's that internal dialogue. Your insecurities are going to take over your career, your professional relationships, your own relationships. And it's when we cultivate a way to overcome obstacles. So if things keep occurring in our life, the way that I like to work with clients in my coaching and the way that I do it myself is if they keep on showing up, there's a lesson that I need to learn. I can't keep going around in circles if I'm not working on the mindset. So I always say to people when they, again, attributing to this success thing, when people think I'll do the shortcut and I'll do a program on business and I'll be this success, ultimately it's like success starts with the internal dialogue. When you know and you have that confidence, you can do anything. You can follow that. But I have so many clients that actually come to me from coaching who have spent so many, so much money, should I say, on these programs, thinking that that's ultimately going to make them but they still hold those insecurities and those obstacles keep showing up in their life because they've not worked on themselves. So for me, insecurities, you need to fix where the root cause of the problem is or it will continue being suppressed and keep coming up and you're going to keep going around in circles. It's such a, I mean, I think insecurity is 
one of the biggest challenges that we face. Um, and that's not just on our sort of mental health and happiness scale. That's just on a, that's on a social scale of some of the things that we get triggered by and some of the things that, that we read and that we see on social media that when you look at it, it's, it is down to some kind of insecurity as to why it's not a pure source of intention. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, you know, everybody is, everyone's human as we've said and I I can I think it's very important to be self-aware and to understand when you've been doing that you know and so and and to evaluate where we're at because I've learned that it's far too easy to be able to sort of project on one of these platforms or or I've uh, been talking about this quite a lot recently how how you can sort of come across like you've figured something out that other people haven't you know, and it's like, well, you know, I've, I've figured this out. And that's the message that we get fed quite a lot from a marketing perspective when you think about some of the self-development, personal development journeys. When actually, you know, I look back to, to over the last five years and I can see how insecurity stopped me from not really achieving, just stopped me from being a better person. Um, but at the time, I'm like, well, you asked me, I'm like, no, 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 like, I know myself. Oh, I'm cool with myself. Yeah, there would be a concern over how many people are going to view it, how many people are going to download it, like how many how many tickets are we going to sell? And and although those things are important metrics, if you are you know running a, a business or some kind of yeah. something on that platform, really it will always hold you back. It's one of the reasons why I kind of dropped the um, the notion of of commerce associated to this, this podcast. Yeah. Because I felt like that was an insecurity for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. And I, and I agree with everything you're saying. I think it comes down to that insecurity of things. What I like to now try and hopefully show people is that this insecurity is one thing. And like you say, the metrics and everything towards reach and marketing and whatever company you're running does work. Like, Saying that, the way that I've cultivated this campaign, and I'm only saying this because I did four episodes of a podcast, the content must have been that good that it got picked up by iHeartRadio and got featured in the top three wellbeing podcasts in Australia. Now, there was no bells and whistles. It was, at the time when I didn't know anything about podcasts, it was my laptop with GarageBand, press record, I just happened to have a good conversation and people resonated with it. And I started listening to obviously immerse myself in biographies of successful people. And there was one day when I was considering and someone reached out to me to try and sell and was like, you know, your audio could be a little bit better. So get a studio and do all this. And I was considering it seriously. And it was like, oh, your viewership will go up, your reach will go up. And I was like, okay. And then for one day out of the blue where the serendipitous moment of something, I was listening to a Gary V podcast And the audio popped in my head and I'm going, this sounds terrible. Like he just presses go and and I'm like, yeah, again, this this disparity of he's so successful. He's like, listen, it's content. If you are putting stuff that people resonate with and when it comes to the reach and that, I always say, forget the metrics in terms of when you're starting, when you're building, because where this campaign is now, it takes one person. Yes that you can touch their life or they are connected and they see what you are, stop trying to pretty stuff up and, and, and yep. think, does this work? Does this not work? Step into your truth. 
there might be some insecurity. We've all had to go over it. I know you as a presenter getting on stage and the first time I'm very grateful to be on TV, I've been on like five times to talk about the campaign and my wife is always like, why do you look so pale and nervous? I'm like, because there's a bloody camera on me. Like, I don't, it's, it's not me. But that was my insecurity and I was like, this means more to me for people to know my truth and what I'm trying to do than me worried about, oh, what do I look like and, and who's going to see it and metrics and so, yeah, I, I hope to dispel a lot of things again with this campaign to go against the grain as well and go, no, stop stop worrying about audio so much and stop worrying, like, just do it because you don't know where it'll go. Like, this is just 16 months and everyone sees it and go, whoa, it's in America, it's in here, it's in here. And I'm like, yeah, I just did it. Like, there's yeah, no... Just doing it. <laughs> yeah, just Yeah, get get over your insecurities a little bit. And I'm not trying to make it or dis, disregard insecurities are easy to get over it is a work in progress yes. but baby steps and moving and immerse yourself with people who had the same kind of issues as you did how they dealt and i'll just i'll just say quickly that with a campaign when it comes to being an awareness it stops it makes you look but when you follow up with the podcast it's an individual story so as you often see when you're going through your own things and you may go to a psychologist and go well that was no good that didn't work for me when you come to my podcast, you will listen to individualized stories because no shoe size fits all. So, hey, if that didn't work for you and you listen to someone else's story and it didn't work for them, but they tried this, it's to keep on going. There is always something. So I saw a psychologist once about the body dysmorphia and they were trying to attribute it to like my childhood and I was getting so frustrated. I was like, no, it wasn't, it wasn't. And so I, I stopped that and I went through the notion of going, and this is why I'm so ingrained in my campaign, going, how how did I react? And I'm going, I nearly quit going, well, that didn't work out. What am I going to do? And then I heard off a friend talking about cognitive behavioral therapy through this other therapist. And I tried that and I was like, my God, this. So it, it, it's baby steps. We've all got insecurities. We're all imperfectly perfect, as we say. Yes. And don't don't treat yourself too hard you've got to feel those feelings as well yeah you do you have to let them sink in and then figure out what to do with them otherwise they'll come back you know it's like you can't run from the battle it's just going to follow you the, yeah. the battle whatever that battle is it will follow you and it will engulf you until you face it until you learn what it is that you're supposed to learn about yourself to move forwards i think it's one of the reasons why people um what why we you know, it's, it's us as well um feel perhaps insecure sometimes is because we we're trying to impress people mm. you know we're looking for that acceptance we're looking for that acknowledgement of yeah you know it's good or yeah it's all he's all right you know and one of the biggest successes i've had in my life came from an insecurity so you know it can it can push you to do things that are successful but if you don't realize that it was an insecurity that was fueling it you'll never be satisfied give you the example itself is um is is winning a a world championship in sport jiu-jitsu like i did that and it was an amazing success but the only reason this is interesting because the only reason i started martial arts was insecurity so I, I bring it into my life based on insecurity and it ends yeah. up taking me to this special place. But I had to think, oh my God, like, I feel so different. Why do I feel so differently about this thing now? It's because it's no longer representing running away from people anymore. 
It's no longer representing, oh, what if I get into trouble anymore? It's representing commitment and dedication and, and making sure that there's a, there's a path of, of f- fulfillment, you know? Not just, what if I get beaten up? I should probably go to martial arts. You know, so it's, it's interesting. How, but, but unless you make those connections with the new way of thinking, I'd always be incomplete. I'd go, oh, I'm not good enough yet. I, I'm not good enough yet. I need to go and win another one. You know, I, I, need, to go and, I need to go and get another black belt. You know, if it was still the same thing, that's what would have happened. But yeah, it's, I, I mean, I think, oh, sorry, I, no, I think it's amazing. And I take my heart off to you that it comes. And I think the whole thing is your insecurity or your vulnerability can be your best asset. If you can yeah, turn that around, use it. something out of it. And at the moment, if there's anyone out there who's in business, find me on LinkedIn. So I'm now turning my attention to disrupt corporate silence. Okay. And bring this notion of showing your vulnerability because we often see in the business world, even attributing when you apply for a job, there's always a question that says, do you or have you suffered from mental health? Yeah. That should be abolished, first of all, because to what extent you could have mild yeah, exactly. anxiety. Have, Everyone. Like, so it needs to be abolished. But with that question being interpreted, it's kind of like, oh, are they stable to be hired, to be... Like, and there's yeah. some of the most successful people in the world who have gone through the depth of despair with clinical depression and come back out on top. So to go from that place to that place, that takes a lot. They're more than qualified for that job. But then again, I've started disrupting corporate silence for the LinkedIn platforms, all this. And the amount of people that have been reaching out to me and going, oh my God, like it's about time. Like, we just want to talk about this. And now people, it's caused this ripple effect that people will be doing videos on LinkedIn and going, I just, I just can't pretend no more. Like, I just went... And then they'll go from, like, maybe 10 comments when people are talking about business to, like, three, 400 comments of people yeah. going, wow. And some people, yeah. a good friend of mine, Raquel Boris, the first time she did it, she was like, she pressed send, and she was like, excuse my language, but she was like, shit, what have I done? This is on a professional platform. People are either going to chastise me, they're going to... It was complete opposite. So your vulnerability, your insecurity can become your best asset. And that's why some of the most successful people in the world, like yourself, when you do your public speaking and you talk about your adversities and all that, it's who it's made and shaped you to be. And you will inspire so many people that you did not even know with some simple words. Like one of my powerful words, I'll say to somebody when I'm working with them with, with the self-belief, I'll end with know that. And the amount of messages I'll get back and they'll be like, those two little words just saying know that just was like, woo. And to me, it doesn't mean like, it, it's like everything that rolls off my tongue because I want people to believe sure. in themselves. But to someone hearing it the first time going, someone believes in me that much for me to turn that internal dialogue to go know that, know that Glenn, boom. Love it. Nice, man. It's really cool. It's, and it's great chatting to you on here. I think it's, uh, we've covered a lot of really interesting areas of the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. And I guess um, when you mentioned about you know, sharing stories of adversity, one of the reasons why I think I do so, and it's never easy, I think you can get into a pattern where it becomes like a script. But I always make sure that if I'm sharing a story that's, that, that is uh, one of the most, like, emotional periods of my life that I always give it that respect 
you know, to be able to make sure that I remember that. Um, but, you know, the reason for the TEDx talk, for example, was because it's in everyone. It's in everyone. And this is something I've been really kind of getting into my head and getting really big about in the last few months, especially with the podcast. It's not about anyone's like face on the podcast, anyone that you follow. It's about yourself as the listener. And this platform here is about listen to us talking and then go you. Go, go to you because it's equally as possible for you to do any of the things we've done or any of the things Glenn like shared from other people. You can share your adversity. Doesn't mean you have to be on stage. Doesn't mean you have to write books. Doesn't mean you have to do that. But sharing your adversity is sharing your truth. And not only will it help you, but it will help everyone around you because everyone starts to drop their insecurity. And that is... Yep what we need isn't it um glenn what's on for you today go on mate go on i I was just going to say when when i first met you and i'd seen your socials and i'd seen your public speaking in your tedx it's kind of i know there's a story to the point of what took you there but again Mm. you do go into a place of going oh wow who's who's tommy g like i knew you from obviously les mills stuff but then when i saw this scope of the work you'd done i was like oh wow but the place where i am in my head is like you're just another person. But this is what our head refers to with the internal dialogue. And what I do like to say to people is through my socials, I'm so transparent. And people will look at mine and the people now I'm now associated with and they'll go, and I get the messages like, wow, you're killing it, you're doing this. But I'm so transparent and go, for 12 months, 13, 14 months, like you know, I was like, I dedicated myself. I was running health clubs and then there were some construction workers that came in one day and I was questioning them like, what hours are you doing? How much are you earning? And they told me how much they were earning. That Friday, I quit my job running a health club where you're stressed and you've got all this stuff. By the Monday, I'd done my white card and I got back in construction as a general labourer. I was like, if I can do 12 months, if I can do this, I can earn this amount of money. I've got no stress. I can do the campaign. I can do this. So for over that period of time, all my socials were, I was getting up at 3.30, going to the gym so I could study with my audio books towards like my, my coaching. I was getting on site at 6 a.m., starting at 6.45, finishing at 6 p.m., getting home at 7 p.m., having a bit of food with the kids. They went to bed, spending at least half an hour with my wife getting on the computer, doing this whole campaign by myself for over a year. And that's what I'm like. You do need that sacrifice to go, "Uh," but be transparent. Your adversity, like you said, Tommy, is is your story. Share that story because if people just see these highlight reels, they're going to go, oh, you're killing it. Like, what do you know? You don't. And I'm going, hell, hell no, mate. (laughs) I nearly killed myself by doing this many hours and this because I was so passionate and, that's how I look at other people. I'm going, Tommy, wow, TEDx speaker, public speaking, you do this, you do this, Lesnar presenter. I'm like, but there's a story how you got there. You had to sacrifice yeah. something. You had to give it your all and come out of those insecurities. So never, never, what's the word, put your own kind of judgment, because judgment's based on the back of hypocrisy, I always feel, and think that someone's absolutely smashing it and you can never be there because this is just 16 months and there's no bells, wills and trissels prettying things up. It's showing that, hey, I'm just a guy from Yorkshire that just had a vision, 
and I just hell for leather. I'm still working things out, and I've grown in the past 16 months through business and all like coming from fitness to business to now public speaking and getting confident. You can do it. You just have to know in there you can do it. So. Yeah, good for you, mate. And it's super to watch it evolve and grow. And I love what you're saying there. I think it's kind of a last sort of point for, for me to bring to the table in the conversation is that the sharing of the adversity does not need to be the big release, you know, the big confession. It can be in your daily conversations and it can be just taking your own judgment goggles off and being able to just be like, do you know what? Yeah, I, I felt that today too. And just being able to relate to someone instead of like, oh, I better not show that weakness, you know, because it is not a weakness. It's only ever going to, like, if people don't dig it, you, sh- you shouldn't have them in your life anyway, is my exactly. opinion. Because if they do, they go, do you know what? It's okay. And they put their hand, you know, then the truth comes out. And when the truth comes out, everything is good right? If they don't get it and they go, oh yeah, all right, see you in a bit, mate. You, you probably shouldn't, you probably shouldn't have them in your life at the moment in the, in the current situation that they're in, in their life. They're not ready to reciprocate that yet. You know, That's and, the um, on their you own can't journey. Lose that. I always say yeah. that everyone's on their own journey and how someone reacts is on them. It's not on yes. you. Mm. So never take that. And we do often, we, we prejudge, and this is with anxiety, you prejudge conversations before you've even had them. And the angst that builds up inside, and you'll notice half the time when you have those conversations, it never plays out the way that you built it up in your head. But then if someone does reciprocate in a way that is negative, that's okay too. Because you can't take on what somebody else is going through because you don't know. Again, it's it's this. You have to work out inside where you are, be grateful for what you've got and kind of let people go on their own way. Because as you said there, it is a testament to you learning. When you learn about yourself and you step into your truth, you can't take on somebody else's kind of crap, I suppose. If they're coming at you, you're like, okay, I respect. I'm just going to remove myself from the situation and I've heard of some successful people now that I'm getting to know, which is amazing learning and going, some people have had to fire people as in their friends. And I was like, what do you mean? And there was like, in terms of, I've had to let them know that I respect our friendship, but this is the way that you make me feel. This is, and it's not good for me. So Mm -hmm. out of all due respect, I'm going to remove myself. I still love you. I still care for you, but this is how I feel around you. And if they come back and they attack, then you know that if you're not there for somebody and that's the way that someone else responds, are they supposed to be with your life? Because anybody who really cares, you can have those hard conversations. Absolutely. That's good advice. (laughs) That's that's great advice, mate. I think it's good for whoever's listening to this now, either on the video or on the podcast, to just be observant to what's in front of you right now, who's in front of you right now, what, what human beings are there in front of you and know that everyone is going through something. Um, the way that I like to explain it and describe it is those with those that are walking around with their heads held high, they've been through it. Those that are walking around with their head hanging low are going through it most likely, but there is always an it and it will change and there will be more and it will just, that's what life is about. But we shouldn't run away from those battles. We should go into those battles with our fellow warriors 
and we should go and figure out what it is we have to learn that we can teach the future generations to leave the world a better place when we leave than when we found it. That is the goal. So look, thanks. Um, thanks for joining us, Glenn. It's been really great talking to you and thank you for making the time, uh, despite the slight change of plan with being an hour <laughs> early, uh, for go you. Back to the yeah, go back to the gym or yeah, <laughs> you can have a head start on the rest of your day, but, uh, mate, thank you so much. Where can people, you mentioned LinkedIn, where can people find the imperfectly perfect campaign? Yeah, so throughout all the socials, it's the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. If you want to go to the official website, that's imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org. And yeah, you can find me under my name, Glenn Marsden, on most of the things. So it's it's all linked together. And the podcast is through Spotify and iHeartRadio as well. Superb, mate. Well, thanks very much. And uh, yeah, the guys, go connect with Glenn and look after yourself. Stay safe. Stay positive. Oh, last time, Glenn, I did this wicked sign-off. Yeah. And then I tried to do it again and it didn't work. And now I've forgotten <laughs> what it was. I think it was something like see you again next see you again next time. No, I can't I can't remember. It was it was something like <laughs> different different day. Oh, it was it's gone. I've blown it again. Oh. Sorry, listeners. I I'll finish off and say, mate, with my podcast, it was pretty much uh play go and then I never knew how to start and end and I always hear these <laughs> professional podcasts and then I just got over it and I was like you know what this is me people resonated and just recently this guy came on and helped us and he does he's American he does the start and he does the end yes and I'm like wow mate that sounds he's yeah. a voiceover artist and I'm like yeah just the Yorkshire accent just doesn't come across as kind of and everyone's like, we love your accent. You sound articulate. You sound, I'm like, I'm Yorkshire. I do not sound. <laughs> but again, that's my perception of myself. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mate, yeah. mate, I've, I've remembered it. Me, oh, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us. It, it was this, mate. It was this. Join me again next time. Different guest, different topic, same positive energy. Boom. Boom. It was something like that. I don't even think, well, it was nearly that. But it's that now. So I've just can made I just that say before thing. I do go, mate? I, j- I just want yes. to say for all the listeners, if they're watching this, look at that hair, mate. You've got oh yeah, you hair. know this, this, <laughs> right? This is this I've is. I've only like, ever seen you like a big tied back. Well, it's funny it. you should talk about that. It's a very mm. interesting segue, and it's almost like we planned it, but we didn't. There's two uh, reasons why I'm wearing my hair down. By the way, if you're listening, you won't know this because you can't see me. Because one. <laughs> I mean, it's sponsored by L'Oreal, yeah. There's a, there's a product affiliate link. <laughs> Thanks, mate. No, I appreciate that. No, it's like, um, we, we're not going to talk about it now where there's a reason, but um, one reason why it's, it's like this, mate, is because this is a big insecurity of mine from, from younger days. I always thought my hair was a write-off. And until recently, I've sort of been embracing it a bit more and sort of learning more about it. And one of the guests that I have is funny enough. He's, he's from Australia is, um, the guy that has set up a Facebook group that is basically empowering men to feel more confident about their hair. Bizarre way it happened, but we're connecting and he's a great guy. His name's Thomas. We're going to be talking on the podcast in a few weeks time. Um, but I thought I'd wear it down. Just because one, I'm actually practicing what we're preaching right here because it's the f- yeah. like two, three or four people have seen me like this. Suja, mate, looks good. Yeah, well, it's, it. it's a work Own in it. progress, and I'm 
I'm on it. I'm, I'm doing it, mate. But thank you for bringing it up. I do appreciate that. It is a story that will be told in, in coming weeks. So if you, if you are one of the, the seven listeners that listen every week, then you'll, you'll find out about that. Um, right, mate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go. Thank you so much. Thank you, mate. Up with you in a bit. And, oh, before you go, before you go, got to be more consistent with this. What question would you like to ask anybody watching or listening? In regards to any... You can ask them a question and like for, again, the five or six people that actually do listen to the podcast, they can answer the question on social media and then let you and I know what your answer was. So what their answer was. So what question would you like to ask them? So I brought this up quite the word up a few times through this podcast and I always love to hear it because of people's stories. What does success mean to you? What does success mean to you? You have to answer it if you're watching on Facebook. That's just the way it goes because you're here. What does success mean to you? We'll check up on the comments after. And if you're listening on the podcast, tag me at Tommy Gentleman and tag Glenn at the Imperfectly Perfect campaign uh, with your answer. What is success? What does success mean to you? Be really interested to know. But don't, don't, don't do it as in what you think or you project success should look like. Think about it from the heart. Think about it from the heart. What does it mean to you? Nice. Good stuff. Right. We look forward to seeing your answers and Glenn, once again, my man, thank you very much. And we'll catch (laughs) you soon. See you, bud.